Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Jimmy. Now, when Jimmy was very young, he became quite ill. So ill, in fact, that the doctors almost gave up hope of his ever getting well. Jimmy could not play as other boys did, so he spent his time reading. His favorite stories were about knights of old and their brave accomplishments. And these stories inspired him. I will get better. I will. I will. And by and by, he did recover. I knew I could. I just knew it. But even though Jimmy did defeat his illness, he was never what you would call healthy. He was very small and weak, and it was most difficult for him to walk. I can walk. I know I can. If I just put one foot in front of the other... But often, often he would fall. Oh, how can I ever... And although Jimmy felt like crying, he would remember the stories he had read about the brave knights and how they would never give up. And he would pick his little body up and try again. If I can just make it over to that door over there. If I can just make it. And after several tries, Jimmy usually accomplished what he set out to do. I know I could do it. I just know it. When Jimmy was about 12, his family moved to a new neighborhood. It saddened Jimmy to say goodbye to all his old friends, for they were the people who understood him and admired him for what he had overcome. Goodbye. 
None of his new neighbors knew or cared about Jimmy. They did not know how he had suffered and how he overcame great odds just to be able to exist as you and I do. I won't tell them. I don't want them to feel sorry for me. I can do anything they can do. I'm just as good as they are. Now, in this neighborhood, there were a gang of very bad and very mean boys. They had a club, and they called themselves... The Comets. And although Jimmy knew they were bad and mean, he couldn't help wanting to belong to the club. Hi. I'd like to join, if I could. But the boys just made fun of Jimmy, and one of them, named Muggs, laughed at his small size. I can do anything you can do. I can. Hey, hey! Hey, what are you doing? Get your hands off me! The boys fought fiercely for a long while. Finally, Tommy, the leader of the gang, stopped them. Gee, thanks, Tommy. I don't look strong, I know, but I can do anything anyone else can do. So Tommy told Jimmy that he would be given the chance to prove his worth as a comet. He told Jimmy to meet the gang that night. Jimmy met them in one of the toughest parts of the city. When he got there... He met Tommy and the rest of the gang. They stood under a dim streetlight. And when Jimmy came along, they became suddenly silent. Well, what do you want me to do? But Tommy told Jimmy that they had a job to pull off. There was an old warehouse on the corner, and the gang intended to break in. But break in? Well, what for? The gang laughed at him. Oh, I guess just to smash it up, huh? Tommy nodded, yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. When they got to the great locked doors of the warehouse, the boys boosted Jimmy up to the window. And by squeezing his small body, he was able to gain entrance to the building through a tiny opening in a window. It was a dark, dark, eerie place inside. And as Jimmy walked along in the pitch blackness, he could hear the rats scurrying about in front of him. I won't be afraid. I won't. I won't. He finally found the front door, opened it, and let the rest of the gang in. He certainly was glad to see them. Okay, gang. Come in. And as the gang walked into the building, Jimmy could see they were all carrying axes and sticks and large crowbars. They slowly made their way up to the top floor. Tommy paused and then shouted, Okay, guys, let him have it. And as Jimmy watched, he saw the gang smash the walls and windows of the old building. And suddenly, he was disgusted with what he was doing. I'm getting out of here. Jimmy turned to go, but suddenly he heard something. He looked up and to his horror saw that the ceiling was beginning to give way. Hey, fellas! But they were making far too much noise to hear him. Fellas! The ceiling! When the dust cleared, Jimmy saw that the ceiling had collapsed on the gang, trapping them underneath it. He heard some of the boys cry out in fear and others in pain. I'll, I'll try to help, guys. But I, I got an old beam holding my leg. 
I can only move it. Oh, it's heavy. So heavy. Jimmy struggled for a long, long time. But it was no use. The beam just would not budge. Finally exhausted, he collapsed, and he felt himself falling into a deep, deep sleep. Where am I? How did I get on this road? I don't remember. There was something about a big building. A ceiling. No, I, I can't remember. And as he walked along the road, he could see a town up ahead. Strange-looking little village. Like something out of one of the storybooks I used to read. Uh, what are these clothes I'm wearing? They're changed. They're like the clothes people used to wear in the days of the night. And suddenly Jimmy stopped. For directly ahead of him, sitting astride a beautiful white horse, was a tall, handsome, strong man. He was dressed in armor. And it was almost as if light was pouring from him. Hello, little fellow. What are you doing here? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. I seem to be lost. There's a town up ahead. You'll care to ride there with me? I'd love to. And with that, the knight reached down, picked Jimmy up, and placed him beside him on the beautiful white horse. Jimmy had never been so thrilled. The knight was everything he had ever dreamed of being, but could not be because of his illness. What's your name, child? Jimmy, what's yours? George. Now, when they got to the town, the knight led Jimmy off at the inn and, promising to return someday, rode on. The innkeeper looked at Jimmy suspiciously. You say you don't know who you are or how you got here? No, sir, but I'm sure I'll remember soon. Well, you may have a room, but only for a fortnight. Then you'll have to get out. Why? Why? Because the king is coming to visit this town then, and he'll need the entire inn for himself, his daughter, the Princess Ellen, and their servants and guards. Oh, I see. Well, I'm sure I'll be able to remember and find my way back home by then. Help! Help, for the love of God, hear me, help! Jock! Jock, what is it? Horrible! Outside in the lake by the woods! Oh, so horrible, horrible. What? It's too hideous to describe. Come, come, look, look. There, see, see. Jimmy looked out and saw the most hideous monster ever imagined. It was at least 60 feet high, covered with green wet scales. It was fat and powerful. And from its huge fanged mouth, issued smoke and flame. What is that thing? Dear God in heaven, a dragon. A dragon? I never knew there really were such things. Ah! Oh. Listen to me. The creature can talk. Dance, people. Listen to me. I have decided to live with you. From now on, you shall be my servants. You will do as I bid. Never. God preserve us. The monster devoured the man. Now, as I said, you shall do my bid. 
better. Uh, yes, sir. What do you mean, yes, sir? You should kill him. He's a fiend. Hush. Do you want us all to be destroyed? What, what is it you wish? Oh, great one. My needs are uncomplicated. My diet is simple. I have much food in my hotel. You haven't I... my type of food, good friend. Not my type. What do you dine upon? Every evening at sundown, I wish brought before me one fresh young child. Surely you can't mean... I mean just that. Now go, bother me no more today. But tomorrow, see that I am well served. tried to come up with solutions to the terrible problem. I say we try to scare him away. Get clubs, sticks, and stones. Attack him! So the next day, the townspeople, armed to the teeth, went out to the lake. But their pitiful weapons were no use. And driven back, they were forced to offer the first child, the baker's son. And again that night, they held another meeting. Our weapons are futile against this monster, but this cannot go on. Perhaps we can reason with it, convince it of the foulness of its deeds. Aye, but who will speak? I shall try. And the very next day, the innkeeper went out to talk to the dragon. Oh, noble one! We realize now that you are much more than we mere mortals. But don't you realize how very abominable your actions are? We shall be happy to feed you, take our cattle, our sheep, but not our children. I told you my desires. Now away, I'm hungry. Away! And that night, another child was given to the monster. So involved were the townspeople in their plight that they failed to realize a fortnight had gone by. And on a bright morning, the king arrived in his golden coach. Now, what's this? No one here to meet me. No banners, no trumpets. Oh, dear, dear, somebody's slipping. Father, it does seem strange. Well, there's the income. We'll get to the bottom of this. The innkeeper! Innkeeper! Yes, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming! Hold your horse! Oh, good heavens. Now, what is the meaning of this outrage? Your Majesty, thank the Lord you're here. Our town has been besieged. Besieged? Besieged? I saw no army. Not an army. Worse, a dragon. Oh, tut, tut, my good man. You've been dreaming. There simply are no such things as dragons. No, but there is one outside of town. Let me show it to you. Now, look here, my good fellow. I'm weary from the journey, and... Your Majesty, please. Oh, very well. But mind you, you'd better be telling the truth. Ellen? Yes, Father? Now, you stay here at the inn. If there are any dragons about, I don't want you near them. I understand they scorch. So the innkeeper got into the coach and rode off with the king. Jimmy showed Ellen to her room. 
it seemed that Jimmy had never seen a lovelier girl in his life. Here it is. Thank you. Uh, just put my transfer, boy. Yes, Your Highness. Oh, please, don't call me that bothersome title. It really isn't necessary when Father's not around, you know. What, what, what shall I call you? Ellen. And you are... Jimmy. Jimmy? Tell me, is it true about the dragon? I'll say it's true. And does he eat children? One a night. <gasps> well, Father will put an end to that, I'm sure. I don't know. He's a very powerful dragon. Well, Father is the king. The king can do anything. Now, dash it all, old fellow. Don't carry on like that. I'm the king, and I tell you to be silent. The king! <laughs> I command you... Yes, your majesty. Now you're to positively stop eating children. It just isn't done. And what will you do if I refuse, your majesty? Do? Do, sir, I have an army with me, and I shall order them to give you a jolly good dressing. It's been a long time since I feasted on an army. <laughs> Good Lord, he, he devoured 20 men in one gulf. I told you. That's it all. Come back here, men. Come back. Oh, you cowards. Any other commands, your majesty? You filthy beast, you haven't seen the last of me. Yes, I know. What, what do you mean, you know? I will see you at sundown. <gasps> At sundown? I feel like dining on a princess this evening. Oh, no. Bring her here, or I shall demolish your entire kingdom. And that night, powerless to do anything else, the king sent Princess Ellen, his only daughter, to the inhuman monster that lived in the lake. Oh, Helen, Helen. What will I do without you? <laughs> Perhaps I can help you. Oh, go away. Can't you leave a man alone in his grief? I... Oh, dash it all. Who are you? A soldier. Soldier? What soldier? You're not in my army. I am in our Lord's army. It was the same noble knight who had brought Jimmy to the town. The same tall, armor-clad man with a light that seemed to radiate from him. No, no, it is no good. I, I saw the beast slay 20 soldiers in one fell swoop this afternoon. I have a weapon. Oh, they too had weapons. The finest, the strongest. Mine is finer. Mine is stronger. Mine is eternal. Oh, it's just no use. It's no use at all. No, Father. <laughs> Let the knight go. It, Ellen, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be tied to the stake, waiting for the dragon. Shh. I... Jimmy went in my place. Jimmy? The boy? Oh, Father, he dressed in my clothes. He said that the beast would never know the difference, and that when it came time to be eaten, 
he would allow himself to be taken. And when he got near enough, he would try to slay the dragon. Oh, bless that boy. What a noble lad. Where did he go? The beautiful knight. Well, he just seemed to slip out. Who was he anyway? The knight rode out to the dragon. He saw the fiend greedily smacking his lips, getting ready to devour Jimmy, who was dressed in the princess clothes. I've got to be brave now. If I can just hold out long enough to keep my head above me, I can stab him right in the eye. It's the knight I met, George! You're a brave young man, Jimmy. I couldn't let her go. I thought I could kill the dragon, but now that I'm here, I know it's impossible. Not impossible, Jimmy. Let me show you the way. What is going on down there? Who are you? What? Princess, have you a soldier to defend you? Ha <laughs> ha! I eat soldiers for my porridge. Why, he didn't even singe us. No. But how? One moment, Jimmy. Then the knight did a strange thing. Instead of charging the beast, as any other soldier would have done, he knelt and was silent for several minutes. George, what are you doing? He's coming again! Run! Run! But the knight remained kneeling. And when the smoke and fumes cleared, Jimmy saw that they were both unharmed again and that George was still kneeling. What is this? How can it be? Get off your knees, you fool! Fight me like a man! That's just what I intend to do. I'll flatten you into a pancake! Use that pathetic little sword of yours as a toothpick! Away! And with that, George sprung to his horse and rode off toward the dragon as directly as an arrow. And when they were both going at a tremendous speed, he stopped short suddenly. And as the dragon whizzed past him, he cut off its head with one blow. And as the monster fell dead, he seemed to dissolve horribly before the eyes of Jimmy and the knight. And when it had disappeared, in his place were all the children and soldiers he had eaten. They were stunned and a little surprised. But really, they were not too bad off considering what had happened to them. You did it, George. You killed him. Not me alone, Jimmy. Not me alone. It was God. God? I asked him to help me, and he did. Any battle can be won. Any feat accomplished. If one only asks God for his help. And is that simple? Yes, Jimmy. That's simple and that's sublime. You were brave, acting out of nobility. But you didn't use your one most valuable weapon. My weapon? Prayer. Asking God to help. I'll remember that. Ask God. Ask God. 
Remember it always. Remember it always. Remember it always. Then, a strange thing happened. They were passing the very spot where the knight had found Jimmy only two weeks before. And suddenly, Jimmy started to remember strange things about a ceiling that collapsed and a gang of boys called the Comets. And suddenly his leg began to pain him. And when he opened his eyes again, he was back in the wreckage of the warehouse. His leg was still held by the beam, and the rest of the boys were still trapped under the ceiling. It's a dream. Just a dream. But no! He heard Tommy and the rest of the gang still trying to free themselves. They had grown weaker and seemed to be going fast. Try to free you. I'll try. It's no use. It's no use. It's too heavy. Remember it always. Remember it always. Remember. What was it? Remember. Ask God. Ask God. And Jimmy closed his eyes and prayed. He asked God to forgive him for his wickedness. And forgive the other guys, too. They didn't know they're poor. They need help. If you help me now, we'll all be good. Honest. Just help me. And with that, Jimmy moved his foot slightly, almost without meaning to, and the timber fell aside. So the boys were saved, and from that moment on, they did become good boys and fine citizens, for Jimmy taught them what he had learned, and neither they nor Jimmy ever forgot it. Ask God, always ask God, and any feat can be accomplished, any battle can be won. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in specials and Anthony Novenas, 
and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.